0: This episode of The Outside Podcast is brought to you by Go RVing, which wants to help you take a real vacation. Okie dokie. Rule number one,
1: only stop at gas stations you can see from the road. Rule number two, don't get angry that all the cars you just passed will now pass you during your gas stop. They're not beating you. You've allowed them to win. Rule number 3.
0: Patty, what w- what are you writing down over there?
1: No, hey Mike, I'm just writing down the rules to our road trip. Rule 3. Bathroom breaks are not allowed at all. Excuse me? Also, to save room,
0: man, let's bring the same one-person tent we used last time. N- no, no, not happening. You rolled over me in the middle of the night and you almost suffocated me.
1: Wee 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 uh, wee. Ba- Patty? Wee, wee.
0: Patty, I I can't I
1: can't I can't breathe. Okay, Mr. Fancy Pantsy, what are we gonna do then?
0: We're using dun, 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 an RV. Oh, sweet.
1: You know, last time I was at the Grand Canyon, we packed for super hot weather and it was actually super windy and cold. But my gal's parents saved our bacon when they showed up with their travel trailer. You know, taking a shower and having a warm place to hang out was so
0: great. Exactly. The only rule for this road trip is that we're rolling in comfort and style.
1: RV Already having a good time? Ugh, I was. Ouch. Wait, wait, wait. But Mike, you're still gonna tuck me in and read me a bedtime story,
0: right? Of course I am. I'm not a monster.
1: Yes! It's a road trip miracle.
0: To find out more about the incredible adventures waiting for you out on the road, visit GoRVing.com.
1: And follow at GoRVing on Instagram for your road trip inspiration, because the best kind of trips offer the freedom to roam
0: with the comforts of home. Go RVing. Don't just go on a trip. Go on a real vacation. From Outside Magazine, This is The Outside Podcast. When we set about creating a collection of road trip stories, I told Patty O'Connell, the producer heading up the project, that we should have at least one piece about a truly ridiculous journey. And as an example of the kind of thing I was looking for, I told him about a story we ran in outside magazine a long time ago. About an adventurous French musician named Remy Brica. In 1988, Monsieur Brica attempted to walk across the Atlantic Ocean on a pair of 14 foot fiberglass pontoons. He made it 3,500 miles before equipment failures and exhaustion induced hallucinations forced him to give up. He said he saw trolls attacking his legs. Twelve years later, Brica tried again this time on the Pacific Ocean. He walked out of Los Angeles, bound for Sydney, Australia. His supplies included an 11-pound tub of sauerkraut. After being savaged by a cyclone, he was picked up by an American tuna boat. he crossed 4,847 miles of open sea in 153 days. So anyway, I told Paddy, find us the road trip version of the great Remy Brica." And that, folks, is how we got this week's episode.
2: It's always just kind of been up there on a pedestal as one of the most ridiculous motorcycle trips of all time. And I remember it was very vaguely, it was like a, oh, it'd be cool to ride a mini bike like they did in Dumber and Dumber.
3: At, at the root of this was a genuine curiosity of what it would be like, what what those characters would have gone through if they had tried to ride this, this clapped out uh, little death trap for <laughs> hundreds of miles across the... <laughs> The American
1: West. Yeah. And and we were pretty sure we knew. That's Ari Henning and Zach Quartz. And they love motorcycles, like really love motorcycles, like a directs your life and career kind of love. Ari and Zach work at RevZilla, an online motorcycle gear retailer, where they write and edit RevZilla's magazine Common Tread. They're also the co-hosts of the Common Tread XP YouTube web series, which is to say Ari and Zach get paid to test and review gear and dream up insane moto adventures. They're basically professional road trippers, which is absolutely a requirement if you're going to recreate arguably the most absurd road trip in movie history. What are some of your favorite trips that you guys have done together? We got
3: this uh, Russian sidecar, a Ural sidecar, and we rode it from Los Angeles up into the Central Valley, California, where it was hotter than the hinges of hell. And we bought this really weird old two-stroke motorcycle that Ari
2: fixed up on the spot. And then we rode the, the sidecar and the crazy old motorcycle back to Los Angeles. We rode American V-Twins from Casper, Wyoming, back to Los Angeles. Uh, we road tripped from Mobile, Alabama, up to Birmingham to race uh, vintage bikes. We've ridden uh, sort of like vintage sport bike across
3: uh, Southern Australia.
2: We've ridden motorcycles all the way down the length of Baja, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And we traveled around Thailand via sidecar selling hamburgers, which is also (laughs) awesome. We
3: rode from Anchorage on the south coast to to the northernmost point in the United States, refueling on the fly. So Aerie built a system on his motorcycle that he he could pump gas into the gas tank uh, as he rode. And I did it sort of Top Gun style out of the back of a truck. I pumped gas as I rode, which do not try at home
2: for the record. That was adding fluids to the bike in order to remove fluids from ourselves we use uh texas catheters
1: what's a texas catheter
2: uh, is it just a funnel and a tube no it's a little adhesive attachment and a tube
3: yeah it's, bas- it's basically a condom with a tube that goes out the end of your pant
2: leg in our case uh, yeah. uh, which is brilliant uh, which is brilliant for road tripping i gotta say like oh. yeah it's a lot it's a
3: lot harder to go to the bathroom riding a motorcycle than we thought it was going to be it really was like a psychological challenge but (laughs) eventually nature called hard enough we we built a um a five-seater motorcycle we stretched a motorcycle so that it was 11 feet long and would carry five people and then we (laughs) and then we put pontoons on it and turned it into a motorcycle which uh could have ended pretty poorly if
2: we we hadn't if we hadn't only been six feet from shore it it might have been a bad
1: situation <laughs> you guys are quickly becoming my heroes right now this is amazing <laughs> if Ari and zach aren't your heroes yet just wait because the sheer audacity and stupidity of their greatest adventure will definitely win you over in the spring of 2021 they set out to recreate the iconic road trip from dumb and dumber the 1994 film starring a not yet super famous jim carrey and jeff daniels in case you're one of the sad unfortunate people who hasn't seen it know that it's become a cult classic the movie was written and directed by the Fairley brothers and is credited for launching their careers
2: you just want to go to aspen and find that girl
3: and you need me to drive you there right am i right yeah am i so right so am i yeah, right Lord?
1: saddle up partner want to hear the most annoying sound in the world In addition to ridiculous gags and toilet humor, the heart of the film is an epic adventure. The two main characters, Harry and Lloyd, travel across the country to return a briefcase loaded with cash they found in an airport to its rightful owner. And because they are very, very dumb, they have no clue that this money was actually a ransom payment. But because they are brave and very, very dumb, they end up driving from a cornfield in Nebraska to Aspen, Colorado on a mini bike, which is an incredibly tiny motorcycle powered by a lawnmower size engine. In both Hollywood and real life, this is the kind of odyssey that is only possible if you're with your best bud. Ari and Zach have known each other since they were little kids, both of their fathers raced cars all over the U.S and the boys often accompanied their dads during long road trips to racetracks all across the country. When you're a child at the racetrack and your
2: dad basically gives you lunch money and then says, I don't want to see you till four or five o'clock, you're, you're pretty self-sufficient. So when you see other children of your approximate age group, you gravitate toward them. It's, it's like when you're at a dinner party
3: when you're a little kid and there's another kid there that's your age. You're like, well, we're stuck here together. I so, guess you're my friend. Now. Yeah, we're I mean, we're friends yeah. now. Um, except for area night happened consistently, you know, again and again, like multiple times a summer. Um, we would, our dads would take us or we would, you know, we'd ask to go to the races with our dads and then we'd get there. And, and a lot of times, you know, like we didn't have email, we didn't have any connection we didn't yeah. we didn't talk to each other we would just like hope like i remember yeah. going to the track and be like i hope aries there i don't know i don't have any idea yeah
2: i'd ask my dad i'd be like do you think zach and tim will be there and he'd be like yep they should be and that was that
1: was it <laughs> this is adorably
2: heartwarming i just want to say
3: <laughs> we we sometimes we've gone through portions of our life where we spend more time with each other than anyone else so sometimes sometimes the relationship does to take on a strange tenor.
2: I mean, we just we just came back from an 11-day trip where the only time I was away from Zach is when I was in the bathroom, so... <laughs> and even then. And, and even then I was thinking about him.
1: <laughs> Today, Ari and Zach live together in a tree fort they built in the woods and sleep in matching race car bunk beds. Okay, that's not true. But it feels like it is. What is true is that if any two dummies were going to squeeze onto a mini bike for a ridiculous 400-mile quest, it's them. The amount of skill... <laughs> that you need
3: to do that versus the amount of kind of gritting your teeth and getting through it, that ratio was good for us because there are a lot of uh, movie scenes with motorcycles where it's like, well, we'd like to test that, but we're not skilled
2: enough. So people, people have now suggested lots of other uh, movie motorcycle scenes and we're like, yeah, you don't understand jumping a Harley down into the aqueducts of Los Angeles a la Terminator is not really something we're cut out for. Yep, Exactly. And it just evolved from there to becoming an obsession i mean i think we 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 thought about it and talked about it for five or six years before we actually got an opportunity to do it yeah and then when we did we doubled down and made a replica of the bike wore replica outfits just tried to figure out what they would have done if they'd
1: actually done it uh yeah we went a little we went a little obsessive on it that is a massive understatement to open their web series episode documenting their travels, Ari and Zach film this perfect shot-for-shot recreation of perhaps the most memorable scene in Dumb and Dumber, when on an empty road in Nebraska, Harry explains to Lloyd that he has traded their van for a mini-bike.
2: I can get 70 miles to the gallon with this hog. Just when I think that you couldn't possibly be any
1: dumber, you go and do something like this.
2: And totally
3: game yourself!
1: Ari and Zach's love of the film is so over-the-top that they built an exact replica of the mini bike, wore the same clothing that the characters wore in the film, and painstakingly researched the route Harry and Lloyd would have driven. They even made sure to start the trip in early spring, which put them at risk of nasty weather, but again, was true to the movie. In Dumb and Dumber, it takes about three minutes of screen time for Harry and Lloyd to putt-putt their way to Aspen. But in real life, Ari and Zach set off to roll 400 miles of twisting back roads and mountain passes on a single-speed vehicle that is roughly the size of a children's bicycle with a one-gallon gas tank and a pull-start motor. Plus, with the two of them on it, the top speed was a blistering 32 miles an hour. Tell me about the bike, about making it, testing it, and deeming it road
2: ready. Um, thankfully, living in Southern California, the mini bike scene is still somewhat vibrant, and there's a couple of companies that are making frames. And we did some research, and it looks like it's literally the same frame kit that they use for the movie, uh, and like the same wheels. Like, I mean, we just tracked it all down online, basically. Just did a bunch of research.
3: Yeah, like literally the same stuff. I mean, it's it's been been produced since 1960 or something like that, and it's almost certainly what they used for the for the movie bike
2: and. I mean, it wasn't like we were like, oh, we
3: found something that looks similar. It was literally
2: identical. The obsessive attitude extended all the way. Like even with paint colors, to get the frame right, we got like three different paint colors and we're comparing them and... Uh, the t- the turns of electrical tape on the uprights are the same. <laughs> the reason we blew through so many tires is because we were insistent on using the same rubber that they used in the movie, which was totally inappropriate, but we stuck to it. How did you, like, test it and, you know, check the box, like, it's road ready? Airy jumped on the
3: frame when he finished welding it and was like, all right, it seems like
2: that's going to hold. That's how we test things that we fabricate, Patty. <laughs> we jump on them in the shop and we say, that'll probably do. Yeah.
3: And, I mean, we've never had anything
2: break so far, so...
3: Aerie predicted that we would be very excited for about the first 10 minutes of the ride. And then we would, then the the novelty would wear off. Uh And that was accurate. As we set off, it was so cold, um, which was not the plan. You know, we thought it was going to be 60, um, but instead it was 27. And when we first set off, we were kind of like, ah, we're doing it. You know, we're, 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 we're finally doing the Dumb and Dumb road trip. And then sure enough, I mean, five miles down the road, (laughs) we were just like,
2: holy crap. I can't believe that we're going to do this for Another, you know.
1: That we're only one one one-hundredth of the way into this trip. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Being cold was just the beginning. As Ari and Zach would quickly learn, following through on an awesomely stupid idea, well, it can hurt. It can hurt like hell. That story, after the break. Okay, Mike. I spy with my little eye something that starts with an F.
0: Patty, if you say friendship again. It's
1: friendship. I see friendship. Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, mm mm. No, new rule of the road trip. No more road trip games. Let's instead use the apps I was telling you about. Well, what do you mean use? I mean use the technology, like the Road Trippers app, so we can find cool attractions along our route. And I exit for good food and cheap gas and Gaia GPS for downloadable maps of Forest Service back roads and trails. Oh. What? I thought you meant, like, appetizers. Hmm, that would explain the cocktail
1: weenies. Yeah, I bought, like, 17 pounds of weenies, man. I even filled up a Super Soaker 150 with barbecue sauce.
0: Patty, how have you made it to adulthood?
1: On the most buoyant ship, Mike. That's how. What
0: are you even talking about? Friendship. (sighs) Ugh. To find out more about the incredible adventures waiting for you out on the road, visit GoRVing.com.
1: And follow at GoRVing on Instagram for your road trip inspiration because the best kind of trips offer the freedom to roam
0: with the comforts of home. Go RVing. Don't just go on a trip. Go on a real vacation.
1: Not surprisingly, riding a mini bike belt buckle to butt crack with your best pal for 400 miles? Well, that's a pain in the ass. Literally.
2: You all right? Oh. <laughs> You'll feel better after a moose burger.
1: Riding that bike looked like what scientists or maybe doctors would call painful as shit. <laughs> Can you compare it to anything? I mean, if you
3: just set a, a two by four between two sawhorses and then said, "Sit on that longitudinally for ten hours," and then have it vibrate,
2: have it vibrate. Yeah, don't forget the vibration. <laughs> I mean, it was just terrible. It was just really uncomfortable. Um, yeah, it's just like a lot of lot of, lot of vibration and a lot of vibration. It's it's not a it's not a comfort machine. And <laughs> it's one of those things where you're uncomfortable, but. You, you apply that discomfort over the course of six, eight, ten hours, and it's kind of exponential. And we had a hard time standing up. I remember getting off the bike was the problem.
3: I remember Aerie got off, and then I sort of slowly stood up, and then he looked down and he was like is that how much seat you've had the whole time and he but he i think he was taking up a little bit more of the seat than he realized and because the because the sissy bar is back there which of course was important for aesthetic reasons but he couldn't scoot back any more than he could like he just had his the room that he had he was stuck and so i the amount of seat that i was left with was just very minimal just what i had and it was i think it was
2: it was less than maybe even i realized until (laughs) until it got pointed out to you yeah and it was like yeah just yeah, it's not. It's not a. It's not a means of transportation that I'd recommend for covering great
1: distances. <laughs> In addition to the pain of riding the mini bike, uh, yeah. there was the fact that the thing broke down a lot.
3: Aspen or bust.
1: Ari and Zach only made it 27 miles before their first mechanical issue.
2: Wow Oh ah, uh, no. You know when I was ready for a break anyway.
1: The bike ran rich and got pretty god awful mileage. I don't
2: think we're getting 70 miles per gallon.
1: Ari kept breathing in fumes. It's so noxious back there.
2: I'm starting to get I, a headache. I can
1: smell it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not pleasant. The bike was held together with nuts and bolts and bungee cords and rubber bands. This is going to be a really long trip. The tires were five-inch lawnmower tires that wore out super quick.
0: Ah,
1: it had sketchy brakes or like non-existent brakes as in they had to use their feet, like Fred Flintstone.
2: I'm not prepared to stop. Ah.
1: The drivetrain deteriorated. I
2: think we lost a bolt from under there, so this thing's flopping around.
1: And everything was vibrating so much, it was actually shimmying off the bike.
2: It turns out the whole no suspension thing
1: oh is little bit of a little
3: problem. Oh, please,
2: no.
1: But wait, there's more. Ari was recovering
3: from a separated collarbone. While we were on this shoot, so the high five that he pulls off in the opening scene
2: uh, took a lot of Advil.
3: S- yeah, spare a thought for his um, the tendons holding his collarbone onto his shoulder because he was uh, only a few weeks out from that injury.
2: Oh, ow. There
3: was a, at one point we were like, "Oh, what happens if the tire blows?" And I was like, "I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think it would be that big a problem. Like, I think I could." Wrangle this thing and not tip over,
2: and Ari was like, "If I hit the ground with my shoulder in this state, it's going to be a seriously bad situation." I had a lot of time just sitting there in the back doing nothing, thinking about <laughs> all the horrible ways that thing could go sideways into under an eighteen-wheeler or into a guardrail or off a ditch, and it was just, uh, it
1: was, it was a lot to bear. <laughs> you guys had a lot of like mishaps on this thing. I mean, you, you seem you seem to kind of like handle it though, like super well. How did you guys? <laughs> Do
2: that. <laughs> I mean, we always have what we call dumpster fires along the way of any of these trips. <laughs> but yeah, you just uh, you just kind of deal with it as it comes. I mean, it
3: probably goes back to the road trips we did with our our dads or our families. I mean, the, uh, that's an aspect of road tripping. Period. You you just sort of have to be ready for that stuff to happen, and and it's not uh, easy to be calm or have the instinct to persevere. Uh, I think Aries especially good at at sort of like being in a situation and being like, well, here are our options. Like this is what we can do and let's try the first thing. And if that doesn't work, we'll try the second thing. Um, and that's a, like I said, a good outlook to have uh, with any, with any road trip, you know, it's good to, good to think about what might happen and what you need to be prepared, prepared for. And, and oftentimes, uh,
1: you know, the best stories come out of when things go wrong. Calling upon the road trip lessons learned in their youth allowed Ari and Zach to withstand the mini bike beatdown and breakdowns. But the boost of inspiration that you need to get through an uncomfortable saga, those came from the folks they encountered on the road. Folks who love Dumb and Dumber just as much as they do.
3: Within the first hundred miles, probably, this truck passed us towing a trailer full of horses. Uh, and it was a crew cab truck, and the rear passenger side window was rolled down. And the, there was a guy kind of like dangling halfway out of the window. And as they went by, we were going 30 and they were going 60. And as they went by, we could just hear the guy yelling, dumb and dumber. And then we got over a rise in the crest in the road, maybe I don't know, five miles later and the truck was pulled over and our assumption was that, oh, this is where they're taking the horses to this pasture that's off on the right, this endless pasture. Uh, and then we saw the guy like jump out of the back and pull out his phone and he just like, they literally pulled this truck and trailer over.
2: He's like pumping his fist in the air. Yeah.
3: And he's recording on his phone and like, as we go by, he's like screaming. He's like,
2: yes. Oh, Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was like the, the first of many interactions we had. Yeah, as it turns out,
1: that was the first of many. Ari and Zach met tons of diehard fans of Dumb and Dumber on the road, many of whom had what seemed to be an uncontrollable reflex to quote one-liners from the film when they spotted two guys on a mini bike. At times, this came from the most unexpected source. Probably the best was the police that in Walden. Yeah, yeah, in Walden, that's right.
2: We were out there in the morning and we were kind of shooting some shots uh, before we departed some establishing shots and the police showed up uh and you know they were they were polite they're like hey you can't we got a call in that someone's riding like a mini bike on on main street Like you can't ride this thing here and our director was like oh no officer like it's it's uh it's street legal and he he walks over and looks at the license plate and just kind of takes a pause and looks back at us and he's like where are you guys headed and one of us said aspen and he took another long pause and then he's like where the beer flows like wine no way yeah (laughs) But like after that, the cops were just like shooting off quotes left and right. There were a handful of
3: moments like that where people were just um, stoked on it and uh, ostensibly excited about what we were doing
1: for sure. Cheerleaders along the way. Yeah, yeah. And yet, amazingly, Ari and Zach were not given the hero's welcome in Aspen that they most definitely deserved. You guys are pretty damn excited when you make it to Aspen.
3: (laughs) We made it to Aspen!
1: But then you pull into the center of town and there's like, there's no band. There's no parade. There's no like celebratory festival. There's no one there to like greet you with the congrats. No movie magic here, folks. What were you feeling and thinking when you got to Aspen? Thank God it's over.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We got to downtown Aspen and no one would even look at us. And probably because we looked like hot garbage. Like we were covered in road grime and we were like, cold wind burn yeah just just brutal i mean we looked terrible
2: and dumb and dumber is like a a smear on aspen's record that i'm sure it would prefer was forgotten so when people saw us i'm sure they immediately knew what we were doing they're like god damn it these jerks like ruining ruining the the real estate here ruining the vibe (laughs) one couple walked by
3: sort of you know tall lean good-looking couple that you'd expect to see in aspen and the the guy was sort of like looking, like sort of looked over to us, and was kind of like he seemed curious, and I, I, I could sense this energy from his his girlfriend or his wife or the woman he was with being like, "Don't you don't don't look at them. Just come come follow me. We're walking. We're we're not stopping. They're gonna we're ask us for money. Attention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's no like there's no celebration. Nobody cares that you've struggled through this motorcycle journey or uh you know what it's taken you to get there and and i think that that's the case with almost every road trip right like you you get to this place everyone's just living their life and you have to kind of take in that moment yourself
1: the trip was over but the guys now had a story to tell and when they did tell it they got a reaction that was beyond their wildest dreams the 30 minute video of their adventure exploded in popularity on the common tread xp youtube channel garnering 1.5 million views, along with a pile-up of giggle-induced compliments. And here's the truly crazy part. The video also caught the attention of Dumb and Dumber's writer-directors, the Fairley brothers. Ari and Zach received an email saying that Peter and Bobby Fairley wanted to schedule a Zoom call with them. Them... And Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. They had a lot
2: of questions. They were very curious and, and, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, complimentary. They, they seemed to enjoy it enough to, to actually reach out to us, which I, I find still, I find amazing that they all took the time out of what is presumably very busy schedules to, to get together and basically just hang out with us for half an hour. It was remarkable. Um, it, it was, yeah, I think we were all kind of smiling painfully hard and, I know that when I was done with the meeting, my wife asked me why my face and neck were so red. So like clearly, <laughs> clearly there were some uh, bodily reactions going on that I couldn't quite control because I was so excited. Yeah. I
3: mean, I laughed so hard watching that movie and and I watched it so many times and I enjoyed it every single time I watched it. And so the idea that we could create something with a, a few thousand bucks and, a, and and a week of our time uh that would make them smile and would make them laugh and would make them shake their head uh in appreciation uh it was just like uh, it's just like a, a an unbelievable and an incalculable amount of of uh reward
2: for us it was just so so cool initially we were concerned that um that, that Bobby's assistant was reaching out to us uh, because we were infringing on copyrights and that we might be getting a, a cease and desist order or getting sued, but it, it was quite the opposite.
3: <laughs> it was cool that they appreciated it as an homage to their art. You know, like they 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 worked hard on this thing that they did and and they understood that the reason that we did it was that we love it too. And it wasn't like, oh, you guys are trying to ride our coattails or you're trying to kind of like take some slice of our pie. They were just, they were so genuine. and and uh, And it seemed like they really enjoyed the opportunity to... Reminisce a little bit about filming the movie because for them it was such a seminal piece of their career and it's kind of before Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels were super famous so they, they, they could be more casual than, than, than Jim Carrey ever could in any shoot after that and, and it was sort of their I think it was their directorial debut um, so it just there's there just so, so much stuff that was meaningful to them. And, and it was fun to hear them talk about it in such a fond way.
1: Did they ask you about the mini bike? Yeah,
2: actually they <laughs> did. Jim Carrey uh, expressed an interest in riding it. And then I think he expressed an interest in owning it.
1: What did you say? I, I, basically, by all means, like I was told him where we were. I was like, come on down, <laughs> take it for a spin. Yeah. Chatting with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels and the Fairley brothers is a pretty great trophy to set in your road trip award case. But for Ari and Zach, the journey had a deeper meaning. They had set out to do something that seemed almost impossible and humongously dumb and to see if they could still laugh when it totally sucked. By all measures, they pulled it off. First of all, it was an idiotic
3: mission and second of all, we were in more pain than we normally are on a road trip, but <laughs> we, we did have fun. I mean, our shoots are um, pretty punishing from a from a, a logistical and, uh, and hours awake kind of uh, standpoint, but... Um,
1: I was super excited about it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. At first, it's almost like, Oh my God, what a smart idea. Second, oh my God, what a stupid idea.
2: <laughs> but I don't think there's anything that just like eclipses it in terms of stupidity. Stupidity isn't easy, man. It takes, you got to work at it. It's a good recipe for us. Yeah, yeah it's
3: been working so far.
1: Are you guys going to take the bike on any more road trips or is it Fuck, like- Fuck no. Goodness
3: no. Jesus <laughs>
2: no. Are you kidding me? What
1: are you, high? <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> we, we wanted to just like ghost ride it off a cliff in Aspen and walk away. <laughs> I can't believe we're really doing this. On a mini bike from Nebraska.
0: Ery Henning and Zach Kortz write and edit Common Tread, the magazine of the online retailer RevZilla. Check it out at Revzilla.com/slash Common Tread. They also are the co-hosts of the Common Tread XP YouTube web series, which is where you'll find their Oscar-worthy video, The Dumb and Dumber. Mini bike road trip. This episode was produced by Patty O'Connell, a.k.a. Patio, and edited by me, Michael Roberts. Music by Robbie Carver. Additional production support from Revzilla and Common Tread. This episode was sponsored by Go RVing, which wants to help you take a real vacation. To find out more about the incredible adventures waiting for you out on the road, visit GoRVing.com. The Outside Podcast is made possible by the support of our Outside Plus members. Learn more and join at outsideonline.com slash outside P-L-U-S. Outside Podcast listeners get 25% off an Outside Plus membership with the coupon code OUTSIDEPOD. That's OUTSIDEPOD, all lowercase.